0: Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell.
1: And this is Jonah Treboiser.
0: Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, made possible by Rotary District 7210.
1: Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People who live by Rotary's motto of service above self.
0: And Jonah, today our very special guest is author Barbara Allen. She is, um, well, we're just going to come clean right from... Gate. She's the daughter of uh, two, two of our fellow outstanding Rotarians. Outstanding Rotarians. They are both past district governors.
1: And we have to say nice things because they were here in the audience as part of our studio audience. That's Ken Obramski.
0: A- and Doris.
1: And Doris Obramski. And their lovely daughter is uh, Barbara Allen. And she's One of author. how many
0: children? I how don't many know. of her siblings? We're going to let you speak now oh, here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara, just jump right in. You, you're actually you. Um, you come from a wonderful family. I think that's the point we're trying to make. Um, and oftentimes, in in wonderful families and to wonderful people, very sad things and tragic things happened. Um, this is a pretty serious show. I have to tell you, it snuck up on me a little bit, right. Jonah. Um, you've written a book, and why don't you, in just your own it's, words, well, open it for us and tell called, us what it's, it's called? It's about.
1: Front toward the enemy. By Barbara Allen, our guest. It's published by Morgan James. It's coming out in February, although it is available now on the website. And Barbara Allen, first of all, welcome to Radio Rotary. And tell us, um, what is this book about, Front Toward the Enemy?
2: This book is about my husband and his commanding officer, Captain Philip Esposito, who were killed in Iraq in June 2005. It was determined they were murdered by a fellow soldier, Alberto Martinez. There was a three-and-a-half year court-martial process that resulted in his acquittal.
1: The acquittal of the person uh, alleged uh, to have committed the crime.
2: person who signed a guilty plea stating that he committed the crime and, and then was c- acquitted.
1: Why, what was the reason for the acquittal? Did they ever say that? It's in the book. It's, it's in the book. Well. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have yes. to tell you, you know Joan is an attorney. Or he's a retired attorney. Right. But he's, he's been involved in the legal profession and law enforcement his entire life.
1: But, you know, the military and the civilian so, justice system are very, very, very different, different animals. Yep. And, um. Now, you're the the mother of uh, four very handsome young uh, sons, and um, what what are their age ranges?
2: Right now, the youngest is 7, and the oldest is 11.
1: Right, and... um, How old were they when this happened?
2: They were six, five, three, and 1. So here you are,
1: uh, mother of young children, left without uh, a husband, without a a father. One can only imagine how uh, tragic and devastating that was. And here your husband went off to serve his country and we could almost understand if he was killed in action against the enemy, but we had here a situation of what they it's a twist. call not quite friendly fire, but fire from within. How did you first find out about the circumstances of your uh, husband's tragic death?
2: It was the day after I was notified that he was killed when my casualty assistance officer, who was the officer they assigned to every family, uh, returned to my house for the second time to tell me it was a criminal investigation.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
2: uh, and where were you living at the time? In Milford, Pennsylvania.
0: Okay, so you're in Milford, Pennsylvania with your four young children, your military wife, your husband's overseas, and they come and they explain this to you. Um, well, explain. What did they say? That's what I want to know. What did they explain?
2: Initially, when the notification detail came to my door, I was told he was killed in his sleep in a mortar attack. And I knew that wasn't true because he was supposed to call me and hadn't called me back. And... They didn't really want to hear that. I knew it wasn't true. But the next day, they did come back and say, no, it had been changed to a criminal investigation.
1: And that was the beginning of a a three-and-a-half-year odyssey.
2: Three-and-a-half years.
1: And did they keep you informed, the military keep you informed all along the way, or was this cloaked in in secrecy?
2: They kept me informed to some extent. Um, What they determined was appropriate for them to tell us. They kept us informed. The prosecutors were bound by their orders not to... Disclose exactly what was going on and there was initially a gag order on the entire base and to the prosecutors even we're not even allowed to contact us for quite some time after this happened
1: well barbara allen uh, author of the uh, new morgan james book front toward the enemy the discussion of her husband's murder by a fellow soldier um, when did the information start getting out of trickling this, out this this cone of silence uh, that the military imposed on it as to the motivation behind this crime
2: Um, actually I sort of figured that out before they told me because my husband had told me about Alberto Martinez. So he had concerns about him? Uh, he knew that he was going over there to, my husband knew he was going over there to remedy some problems in the supply unit, which were a result of, of Martinez. And once he got there and called me, he did tell me what a disaster the unit was, what he was faced with and how mad this guy was that he was being disciplined and replaced. And he, he went on and um, was just very, very surprised at, at the level of of disrepair the unit was in and exactly how angry this individual was at him. and Captain How Esposito. long had your husband been in the military? He'd been in the military since he was initially an MP when he was 18 and uh, decided to... Um, hop on out of the military when he realized he wasn't quite ready at that point so he got an honorable discharge and re-enlisted in 99 so he's career military he He, was national guard and in in his other life he was a high school teacher which he really loved um i sort of had two mistresses to deal with i (laughs) I used to joke between the between his teaching job and the military um, okay quite some competition so so back so
0: (laughs) back to iraq you're, he's he's there and he's in the middle of trying to clean up a mess, mop up a mess. And um, essentially, this individual snapped is what it sounds like.
2: Martinez had been threatening the life of the commanding officer for months prior to the attacks. He threatened him to anybody who would listen. He said he was going to frag that word i can't say
1: explain the term frag frag is
2: the term given to um when a soldier kills a superior officer Right. that
1: comes from the old um, vietnam Vietnam. days when they throw a grenade a fragmentation bomb right uh, under a cot is that right yeah Ah. yeah yeah and even though this man was making these threats nobody in the military took action
2: nobody reported him there were individuals of all ranks enlisted and officers who heard these threats and not a single individual reported it to captain esposito Or anybody else.
1: Now, Ryan, is Captain Esposito was?
2: Uh, He was the other soldier killed with my husband. He was my husband's friend and commanding officer. He would have
1: had some power or authority to deal with this?
2: Captain Esposito was disciplining Martinez. At the time? At the time, he was being counseled um, and in the process of removing Martinez from the unit, which would have resulted in Martinez losing his job at home back here in the States as well. So that was... So there the was a lot at stake, I, I suppose. Now, was you there know, any evidence?
1: You say then. this was a supply unit, so there's a lot of material and and valuable equipment there. Was any evidence that uh, they were trying to cover up uh, thefts and and uh, selling black this on the market. black market?
2: Captain Esposito did go to the Inspector General's office and confide his concerns. He was he was concerned that Martinez was stealing expensive equipment, right, and selling it on the black market. And one of the charges against him was selling. Um, printers to the Iraqis. Okay. That was a smaller offense, but Captain Esposito, and then my husband were charged with looking into the larger offenses, but nothing came of that because they were killed before they could see it through.
0: Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. So the incident happens, um, terrible tragedy. Um, the, the, he's, he's arrested, what happened?
2: And he confesses? He was arrested, uh, which we found out as we were leaving the cemetery from my from the service there um i got in the car and my casualty assistance officer told me they'd arrested an individual um but after three and a half years obviously it went terribly wry and he was acquitted in in april 2006 martinez signed an offer to plead guilty now how the military courts differ from civilian courts uh, in the military, you, you're not allowed to even submit the plea unless your attorneys believe you can satisfy the judge's questions right. and convince the judge that you're guilty. So there is a concession of, uh, of guilt. Involved there, he's not. He can't just claim he's offering to plead guilty to avoid the death penalty. He has to say, "I'm pleading guilty because I did it." Mm -hmm. Um, And 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 it
0: it, essentially that it is the truth. That's what it is the truth. The the idea and that his
2: attorneys believe him. Uh huh. His attorneys have to vouch for the facts. So his attorneys and Martinez signed the plea offer and submitted it to General Vines, who um, who opted to reject the plea.
0: Who this is a new player now.
2: Uh, General General Vines, right, Who um, was
0: presiding over the court, presiding
2: over over those decisions, and he he rejected the plea and suppressed it from our families.
1: Did they ever give a reason why the plea was re- of guilty was rejected?
2: After it came out, initially after the, I didn't find out about the plea until after the trial. Okay. Um, when, and I couldn't get the military to admit the plea existed until a copy of the plea ran on the cover of the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And yep, This, by the way, just for
0: any of our listeners, this, this whole situation made national news. Right, This was right. in the headlines. And it's Absolutely. capitalized
1: in the new book, Front Toward the Enemy, by our guest, Barbara Allen. It's uh, found on the Morgan James uh, label. It's coming out in the bookstores in February, but it will be available in advance to our listeners, and we'll find out. In just a minute how that is, but let me uh, remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. My name is Jonah Trebowasser. My co-host is lovely Sarah O'Connell. And Sarah, who brings us Radio Rotary this week?
0: Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is brought to us by Rotary District 7210 and the clubs of Arlington, Cairo, Carmel, Chester, Chestnut Ridge, Congress Valley Cottage, Fishkill Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Kingston Sunrise, and La Grange. And we're
1: back with more of the compelling story of our guest, Barbara Allen, after these important messages.
2: Humanity in motion.
1: For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org.
0: Hudson Valley Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Sarah O'Connell, and I'd like to welcome you back to this edition of Radio Rotary. I'm joined by my co-host, Jonah Triebwasser, and our very special guest, uh, Barbara Allen, who is a new author of a book entitled Front Toward Enemy. It is about um, basically the murder of her husband in Iraq as a, a military um widow she has put together um in a book that's about to be released a very complicated story of the ins and outs of basically uh, is this too strong to say some misjustice here
1: well her, her, as barbara will tell us her husband the father of four young boys was murdered by a fellow soldier even though there was all sorts of uh, threats in advance and um, Barbara, tell us how, with all these threats, and I suppose there was a quantum of evidence to show that this uh, soldier did commit the crime, how was it that he escaped justice?
2: It was a circumstantial case, which leaves lots of wiggle room for the defense, and the defense used that room wisely, unfortunately for us. But, um, you know, they, they did what they do, and they attacked the case as hard as they could. And towards the end, they were, I feel, assisted by the judge who assigned himself to oversee this trial. He was a chief trial judge for the United States Army, and he made several rulings, which seated us with a biased jury, including two married panel members. Mar- in, the, in the military, a jury is called a panel. Mm-hmm. And two of the members were husband and wife strongly opposed to the death penalty, who even insisted, should their eight-year-old son be murdered, they could not consider the death penalty. Um, Plus, one other individual strongly opposed to the death penalty and inclined to disbelieve the criminal investigative division, who the case relied upon to prove. So there were three members who were determined not to convict because they were... They didn't understand, and it was not allowed to be explained to them, that a conviction did not equal a death penalty. Right. And based on their
0: personal convictions, not necessarily right. on the evidence that's placed in front of them. So and they're not, they were biased. They were biased panelists. They were all, biased.
1: All panel- this is covered in Barbara Allen's new book, Front Toward Enemy, on the Morgan James label. Now Barbara, why, yeah, why the title, Front Toward Enemy? What is that all about?
2: Front toward enemy is inscribed on the claymore mine, the weapon that was used to kill my husband. And it is a prevalent theme in the book because the government insists my husband was not killed by the enemy. Therefore, he's not eligible for the Purple Heart. And I disagree strongly.
1: That's appalling. That's astounding and appalling. Yes, it is. He was killed while serving his country overseas, leaving a, a young widow and four boys and he's not entitled to the Purple Heart, uh, do you at least get some veterans' benefits or, or death we, benefits? We receive
2: the same benefits as the other family members, but it's the Purple Heart that is missing. Um, and I, my argument is, A, he was killed by the enemy. I, I, the second a soldier picks up arms against his fellow soldier, he declares himself an enemy of our country. And the very weapon he used stated front towards enemy. He took right. that weapon and placed it facing my husband and Captain Esposito. And and killed them. And I would like the Department of Defense to create a new category of enemy called unconventional enemy Mm -hmm. for these cases.
0: Which is a segue into you've started a business, basically, to help promote this book and also an organization um, that Snowball Express Um, There is a website, uh, snowballexpress.org, which um, people can go online, find out about the book, get the book. It is complicated. We were discussing a little bit off mic, all the ins and outs of the legal system, the military law versus civilian law, et cetera, et cetera, and the twists and the turns and the manipulations that went on. Um, We're trying very hard to give an overview of of why something went awry here. Um, So this, again, the website is snowballexpress.org. Dot org. Um, the title of the book is Front Toward Enemy, and the business that uh, you're, you have created to launch and support this effort is Unconventional Enemies.
2: Right. SnowballExpress.org is not about my book. It is about the organization Snowball Express, which is an extraordinary organization created to support our families and do tremendous events for our children. Um, my website is unconventional enemies, unconventionalenemy.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. But Snowball Express, um, who I do actually speak about in the book, they are an organization full of people who Rotary does support this organization, and I'm very grateful to, to them for that. Um, s- they fly our families out from all over the country and other countries, military families who have lost a, a spouse to these wars and their children this year there's over 500 families being flown into texas december 9th through 13th for some days of events that are straight out of some alice in wonderland um, (laughs) movie it's it's extraordinary what these people do for us
1: you have four extraordinarily handsome sons uh, pictured on your book front toward enemy on the morgan james imprint We have Trevor, Colin, Sean, and Jeremy, and they're all under the uh, age of uh, 13, right? Right. And I cannot imagine how tough it must have been to sit down with them and tell them that their dad was gone. I just can't possibly imagine. I know you have a very strong supportive family and two outstanding Rotarians, friends of ours, Ken and Doris Obrensky, his parents, and uh, uh, other siblings, but that has to be the world's worst thing any any adult can do. Um, So it's wonderful that you have this Snowball Express organization to help. Uh, the the children, of the orphans, of a service members what killed are, overseas. What are
0: some examples of how they've helped your children specifically?
2: My children specifically had a very hard time digesting the fact that their father was killed by another soldier, and it boggled their mind. They looked at their father as somewhat of a hero and assumed everybody who wore the uniform was worthy of the uniform afterwards. They were very worried when I would go to these hearings. I went to Kuwait for one hearing. I went to North Carolina for the others. They were so concerned. They said, Mom, if one soldier killed my father, how do we know they're not all bad? And how do we know that That they're not gonna kill you? How do we know you'll be safe? At Snowball Express, the first year we were there, one of the events at Oakley headquarters, they shut down their whole headquarters for the day, opened it up to our families. Extraordinary, I can't even begin to describe the scene that was there. But one of the events there was this large rock wall, and they had soldiers manning the rock wall. And the soldiers would put the children in harnesses to climb the wall. And my children had been sort of holding themselves back, looking at the soldiers, and this whole trust issue came into into play, and they sort of froze for a moment. And then they leapt right up, got in the harness, and climbed up, and said, Mom, did you see that soldier? Help me. I guess there are some good ones left. And that, for my kids, was this... It was a hurdle that they needed to get through and I never imagined that would occur during that weekend but it did and it was it was very healing for them for other children they've seen protesters at their father's funeral um, protesters holding up horrible hateful signs and at Snowball Express there are people standing there holding signs saying your dad is a hero thank you for your dad and it was for them great to to see their dad sort of validated again
1: for those out in our listening audience who want to read the complete, compelling story uh, of this uh, tragedy and this um, this abridgment of justice, the book is Front Toward Enemy. It's by our guest, Barbara Allen. It's on the Morgan James imprint. It's coming out in the bookstores in February, but is available now. Is that, is that correct, Barbara? It is
2: available now through the website, yes. Why don't you give us
1: the website again and write it down, folks.
2: It's unconventionalenemy.com.
1: All right, and uh, the Snowball Express... Uh, is that something that uh, people can donate to or help out?
2: It absolutely is. There's a link to it from my website, uh, as well as in the book, and it would be great if people at least log on, check out the site, get in touch with the organization, find out some more about it.
0: Barbara, where are you living now? What's, what's your life like now?
2: My life right now is far better than I imagined it ever, ever would be again. Um, we're actually, we're doing pretty well. Uh, And getting this book off my shoulders is is huge, which is why I didn't want to wait another five months to get it out. Um, But we're fine. We're in a great community. We're in Otisville, and we are a menacing school district. My children love it.
0: Were you a writer prior to this? I mean, what, what compelled you to sit down and put a pen to paper
2: I initially just started writing it sort of for myself when I wasn't sleeping at night. Kids would go to bed and I just needed to get it out and figured they'd have questions one day. Maybe I would forget some of the details of specific days that they may remember. Hey, remember that day, mom? You were really crazy that day. What happened? Well, you know, let's check it out and see what was going on. And and maybe they'd forgive me if they thought I wasn't there for them.
1: The book is Front Toward Enemy, A Slain Soldier's Widow's Details About Her Husband's Murder and How the Military Courts Apparently Allowed the Killer to Escape Justice. It's by Barbara Allen, our guest. It's on the Morgan James imprint, and uh, it's available on that website against Barbara, which is?
2: Unconventionalenemy.com
1: And the man whom you're convinced killed your husband and his commanding officer, where is he today?
2: I don't know. He's living his life. He he lives in Albany, or did, the last I heard. Is he
1: still in the uh, military?
2: No, they discharged him.
1: All right. Barbara Allen, um, thank you so much uh, for joining us on Radio Odie. Thank you for being such a brave individual, and uh, thank you for putting pen to paper and uh, writing uh, (laughs) what I'm sure is going to be a compelling book and, I hope, a bestseller. And we'll wish you all the best in the future.
2: Thank you very much.
1: And uh, tell us, Sarah O'Connell, who brings us Radio Rotary this week?
0: Radio Rotary is brought to us by District 7210 and the clubs of Millbrook, Newburgh, New Paltz, New Windsor, Cornwall, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Port Jervis, Poughkeepsie, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, and Southern Ulster.
1: For Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebow, so thank you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next Friday morning at 9 for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio.